Welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. Tonight, we're talking about how John tries math to drive better. Probably unsuccessful. I, I try to understand what means. Personally attacked. It's amazing. And Lenny wishes he could make his R32 faster, but instead he picks the car tonight. So that should be quite interesting with John and I taking on the challenge of hopefully picking something that isn't the R32 because it seems that all Lenny talks about that vehicle and paint coats. Uh, <laughs> again, I'm doing tonight with... John and Lenny, how are you guys going tonight? What's uh, what's new in the racing world for you guys? Well, doing well, doing well. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> haven't done much racing, but I've got a massive beanbag chair in my room. I've got a stoplight nightlight, and so my room's basically always just candle lit. There's always prints coming from the speakers down here, and it's it's just real romantic to be in here right now. Purple rain. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there you go. Bam! Uh, nothing on the car front for me either. I, I just kind of cleaned out my garage the other day. Kind of rearranged stuff. I didn't really clean anything out because I don't really get rid of anything for my TH1 BNR32. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. elitist. And then I just got... I just got done driving like 500 miles. I don't keep track anymore. I think I put about six hours on the road today. Where'd you go? Damn. I-80. Uh, I drove from Omaha to Grand Island, uh, stopped there, went to Kearney, and then from Kearney straight back to Omaha. That's about two and a half hours uh, without stopping. Is Grand Is Island... Do you pick up any any uncles or aunts that you're at Kearney? No. Is Are Grand- they full of Carney people? Uh, um, no, my family's from Lincoln, which is the uh, college town here in Nebraska. What were you going to say, John? Uh, is, is Grand Island even an <laughs> island? I feel like that's a misnomer. It was it actually. So it's really cool because a lot of uh, Nebraska is a part of the Oregon Trail, um, and there's a lot of historical markers. That actually, Grand Island was an island on the Platte River, and they use it as a post. Between that and Kearney, they're both very... Uh, critical to the Oregon Trail back in the day, the one, more you know. One day we're going to talk about flyover states for all these coastal turds and all the cool things they're missing. Well, you can't have the uh, cool coastal Portland stuff without the Oregon Trail and walking through it. Um, that is for sure. So yeah, it's good stuff. I uh, am still enjoying this camera and driving it. Uh, but let's stop talking about what we're doing, and let's talk about today's topic. Uh, no, no, no. First, we, we, about... we have some homework yeah, for you that's first. Right. That's hey, right. You know, I... Before we even get to the topic, we have some homework for you. I wasn't going to let him get show away. Us. I was trying to. You know, That was just me in high school. I was like, I didn't do my homework. I'm not going to let you get away. I, I, I aced the test, but I didn't do my homework, all right? So uh, <laughs> carrying on to tonight's topic. No, okay, so the homework for me, guys, was uh, for me to narrow down and pick my favorite generations of civics. And uh, this is definitely... Hard choice for me, um, but I honestly I went with the EP3 uh, for plebs. That is the original. Uh, hold on, I'm sorry. EK9. That is the <laughs> first. See, I'm the, the EP3 is the first. I, you know, it's because these codes, man. I'm still learning. But the EK9 is uh, the based off the the sixth generation normal Civic. Um, and I really thought it was super cool. Okay. It's just got that like late 90s vibes to it. And it's like the OG gangster, which I think is really cool. The other one that I really like 
um, is going to be the current model, which is the FK8. Um, just because it's so just pops man like i've seen a lot of these like based on the ninth or eighth generation just normal like older civics just from a couple years ago and they just are so dull and the newer civic alone by itself is sick and then you slap that red badge on it and it's just like money so there you go the new type r is pretty nice i have so many feelings right now because for all three of you that have followed us since we started recording Ryan just spouted off like he knew what the hell he was talking about. And I mean, he he did almost say arguably one of the worst type R's. Yeah, I almost the EP3. I almost with, the, with the weird uh, <laughs> gear location, yeah. gear, gear lever location on the mm-hmm. up just, on the center. I'm also, just, I don't know what Honda was thinking back then, but yeah. You know, but I'm soon just, it'll be a classic. Soon people will pay top dollar for it. But he was just like, you slap the red badge on it. And I was like, this guy's been around civics for years. I, I think <laughs> <laughs> they grow up so uh. fast. And, and this, you know, this is a, another good segue into something I wanted to talk about because you're sitting here talking about chassis codes. And before this episode, you were asking us what the heck a chassis code is. And uh, look at you. You're, you're just you're just spouting them yeah. off. So, for, like I said, I'm trying to understand it, man. It's like the Matrix. Freeway, freeway, one zero, baby. So I, I, yeah. I think for for some of our, you know, maybe less uh, less expert listeners, because uh, I thought we were going to school you on this during the episode, but apparently you, <laughs> the student has become the master. So a lot of times, it's I think test, it's I think it's more prevalent in Japanese car circles. I don't think I've ever really heard it in american car circles it is referenced in some german tuner communities but it's very common for car enthusiasts to talk about cars not by their model like the civic type r but by the chassis code like the fk8 so you'll often hear people when they talk about an rx7 they won't say an rx7 they'll say an fd or an fc and that right just to make it plain is in the VIN number is a certain code uh, that is assigned to all gener- all cars built in a certain generation. And enthusiasts, instead of saying a, you know, what was an FD? A, a 1993 to 2001 or 99. What was the last year of the FD? It was early uh, 2000s, right? 2001? Yeah. So 2003? Instead of saying that, you can just say FD, and everybody knows what you're talking about, uh, because all RX-7s that look like that, that were built from that time period, have FD somewhere in the VIN number. Um, mm. And I only really see that with like BMWs, Porsches, Porsches, excuse me. Uh, I have a, I have a German girlfriend that listens to this. Uh, I can't I can't let her down. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> And then it's rampant in the Japanese community. I never see yeah. the American community. Like, they say C5 and C6, but that's not a chassis code. That's just how they refer yeah. to the generation of the Corvette. Um, and you just say the year and what Corvette you have. I guess more for me is like, oh, I've got a 1996 Corvette or whatever. I mean, 
Yeah, but guys will call I that a C6 or a C4 in that particular case. Sure. But I, I actually like this chassis code thing because it narrows, if you really know them, it narrows down what that car is going to look like in your like, mind's eye when you're talking about so many a conversation, you know? And I think that's pretty right. neat because there's such a, a very, I mean, if you were to look at the difference between the two Civics that I listed off, the FK8 and the EK9, they're vastly different. Yeah. But they're yeah. still the same car. Oh, I I also wanted to give you props because the EK9 is considered by many like the OG. I mean, the pinnacle. Yeah, Civic. I mean, yeah, Civics Civics were around and being modified in Japan and all that crap for a long time, but that was like the the apex of the Fast and the Furious era, like tuner boy. Civic and the fact that you arrived it's a there. Back to last week's episode. Yeah, the fact that you arrived there on your own is uh, a little heartwarming to me. I mean, yeah, it just looks sick. And uh, there's, I mean, I watched and read some stuff about it that I didn't fully understand, but it sounded cool. Oh, is a, uh, it was the type of turbo spooling the. Uh, there's no. T- and they got rid of it. There's, of them no, there's no. There's no turbo on that generation. But keep there going. Is a new, like, it's turbo on the V-Power, new Type R. There V-Power, is V Power. It's V V Tech. Is it called V Tech? V Tech. Oh yeah. yeah. Hit him. Hit him with the at, tech. That what to me was like okay because I was like watching them. I'm like, all right, these all have V Tech. These are sick. And then that one got rid of it. Well, screw that. And then it did, like all those middle ones to me are just like <laughs> meh. And then the newest one's just sick. It just pops. It's got the the three exhaust. It's got. A freaking diffuser. It's just baller. I love it, and it's modern, which is why would you hate the modern stuff? So Ryan, do you know why? Do you know? Why? I'm not going to get into this because it's outside the scope. Sure. But do you know why people care about VTech? Um, besides that, it sounds hella cool, and you just have power out of nowhere. Well, no. So it's you literally have essentially you have two completely different camshafts in the engine, and. That should blow your mind. It's a weird bit of engineering they did, but yeah, you can have a low okay. RPM and a high RPM cam. We'll delve into it deeper when we do camshafts in a later episode. That's a bit of, of tech. Of tech, that's yeah. pretty cool. pretty awesome. And since I'm not talking about tech this entire episode, that's my one interjection. Yeah, we're Excellent. all talking about feeling here because it's a toge. Toge, man. Toge, mountain up down. Toge, toge, toge. Hashidia, hashidia. Let's get to it. We've talked about chassis codes a little bit. I'm sure they'll come up again later in this episode. I crushed my homework, which also relates to tonight's episode. Yeah, We're good talking job. About- good job. Okay. Uh, which is the, from my understanding, the art of going up and down a mountain in Japan. It's pretty cool because it is a kanji character. So it's, uh, for those that don't understand, it, it's basically the the cool looking stuff you get tattooed on your body that means more than one thing. <laughs> 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 get, get this tattoo to your body, and it will absolutely mean mo- mountain up down. You don't yeah, know exactly. how right you are. Nailed <laughs> it. So, let's talk about the uh, the history of Toge. Uh, who's taking the crack on this one? You Lenny. guys both spent a lot of time in Japan. These roads, Lenny. I think you actually spent more yeah. time than John. Oh, there. So he spent a lot more, a lot more. Yeah, and I'm the science guy, so this should be Lenny's. Uh, well, the his I think that, I don't, I'm not really quite honestly sure of what the history is, but I'm, it's just a bunch of dudes going up and down a mountain, sometimes sideways, sometimes not, uh, at, you know, a spirited pace of, of speed for kicks. Uh, at least how it relates to, to me and John, I think it, uh, 
the history of, of what it came from in Kanagawa, which is uh, the greater Tokyo area, Tokyo Plain area, okay. is it was just dudes that were running away from the cops uh, from the from the highways. You know, at the time, uh, the street racers were all up in the on the highways doing the high speed runs, and uh, they were getting chased by the cops. And what they did, they went up into the mountain, you know, mountain passes to kind of just chill, hang out, and they turned it into the you know their own course because it was windy. There was bouts of speed, you know, breaking points. It, it was very similar to what a, you know, a circuit was, and they made it into their home course, home circuit, if you will. Yeah, so you've you've pretty much got it. I mean, toge, I, I think it's I think it's like the most literal translation, so none of these Japanophiles jump all over us. Is the pass right? Um, but it's. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's basically so. If you've ever been to Japan, Japan is just littered with epic mountain roads because ninety percent of Japan is semi uninhabitable mountains. Um, that's why Tokyo is so populous and like Osaka is so populous. Very mountainous. Yeah, yeah, because those are like the only areas in the country where that are flat that you can actually build a city on, and so the rest of it are just these epic roads and. Um, like a lot of things in Japan, the actual history and stuff is kind of hidden and kind of, you know, you got to kind of dig to really get to it. But basically during the, you know, the, what I refer to as like the Japanese motorsport renaissance in the mid to late 80s and 90s, um, that, you know, kids started taking their cars up into these mountain passes and driving the pants off it. But I think one of the things that made Toge really iconic and really what it is and and i think one of the reasons that culturally because i mean we have roads in america that are just as good as some of these japanese mountain passes but i think the thing absolutely yeah i think the thing in japan though that really made toge a thing was the fact that actual car manufacturers would do road tests illegally on the togays like yeah yeah interesting Hokone Turnpike is used uh, regularly still to this day as a, you know, a testing sort of public road for manufacturers are seen testing new models there all the time. Yeah. And so Journal- journalists use it for their, you know, automotive reviews. As as time went on, they would actually rent these roads out and stuff. But some of the genesis of this stuff is like just dudes from Toyota and Nissan or whatever getting in their performance models, going up in these Togi roads and doing hood rat stuff for the company to test these models and then like, <laughs> yeah and that's just one of those really cool cultural kind of idiosyncrasies that you don't get everywhere of yeah. uh super cool yeah and so you know the kids want to be like the pros and uh that's kind of where this culture of hey let's all go up into the mountains and get wild on our cars on these passes came from like one of one of these uh roads and i just mentioned them ryan if you want to google this i don't know if you know is it's called hakone H A K O N E. Yep. Hakone Turnpike. That, if you want to Google that, that real quick, pull that up. Lenny, correct me if I'm so, wrong. Hasn't that road changed names like four times? In the recent past, yeah, it has. It went from Hakone to Mazda Turnpike, and I think it's. Was it Toyo? To now back to like Toyo Turnpike? Yeah. I think it is. 
it used to be called Hokone Toyo Turnpike. Uh, then it yeah, went yeah, to Austin. Yeah. I think now it's just Toyo. So I think when I drove it, a lot it of was. Flavors. Yeah, I think when I drove it, it was Toyo. And Lenny, you've been yeah, on. It's real curvy. Yeah, you've been on more Toge runs than I have, but the Hakone to- Toyo Mazda, whatever the hell you want to call it, that is, in my opinion, one of the pinnacle driving roads for a high horsepower car I have ever been on in my oh, entire yeah. life. It's just Definitely. south of Fuji. Yeah, yep. just south of Fuji. It's a, it's a really. And just, cool. just like west of Tokyo. So, like when I said, you know, a lot of automotive journalists use it as a road. You can see why. Outside of Tokyo, it's easy to get to. You know, in an, in two hours from Tokyo. Well, and see, like that to me is like I look at all these squiggles, and like I mean, from the sky, it's going to look the same. And, and really, though, it's the elevation change. Oh my god! Throughout, yeah. it's almost I mean, completely uphill. Yeah, you know, I've got elevation turned on on my Google Maps. Um, <laughs> And, uh, I like geology, man. But like, the amount of change here is in, is is just insane. But like, the amount of squiggles and turns and like, those exist in America. Those exist, you know, in the Alps and Italy. But I think for me, what you don't see from above is the culture of Japan and how that affects doing it. Because you guys are right, where it's like you have just only certain areas of flatness and then everything else is with these mountain roads. So if you're not driving in congested billions of people areas, you basically are on mountain passes. Yeah. Amazing. Well, and, uh, and to that road particular, I mean, there's so many other roads in Japan like it. Uh, but this road, if you drive up it or down it, you know, in late March, early April during Sakura, uh cherry blossom season oh it's so oh, beautiful. Yeah. the whole the whole road at one point is lined with cherry blossom trees and at full bloom it's like the perfect japanese ambiance essence i guess if you want if that's what you're looking for but it's so yeah. it's so nice to be blasting your gtr you know fourth fifth gear because you could definitely hit that road you know up almost to you know 150 miles an hour so I guess for me then, speaking of the culture of it, is it mostly, and this, I guess this would make a difference, and we can get into this with the car selection, because uh, you guys have both GTRs. Obviously, if I had a choice, I would take probably a Honda Civic up this thing, even though it's front-wheel <laughs> drive. But <clears throat> don't underestimate the front-wheel drive, man. Um, front, I'm not saying that correctly, am I? No, uh, you, you, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Anyways so but yeah so it's like for me though it's gonna be mostly japanese based cars you know it's gonna be the rdx's it's or the fds or the uh you know gtrs that's what's gonna be what's gonna be taken on this did you guys doing this in japan ever see somebody with like a porsche or an Audi or like oh yeah all the time ever really yeah bro japan is one of the best places in the world to be a car enthusiast because the amount of psycho exotics that you see in Japan just trumps anywhere I've ever been. And I'm not trying to be a freaking elitist here, but like, sure. I or just any sort of car, not even supercar. Well, what about yeah. like, what about your like Dubai's or something like that? Or your UAE where you've got everybody. I would say, cars. well, Japan yeah. trumps it in diversity. Yeah. Cause here's okay. the thing. Like, Okay, y'all have heard me speak at length about how much I love the F40. The first time I saw an F40, 
in real life was hitting the toge on Hokone Turnpike. Mm. Wow. Right? And, like, in Dubai, you might see an F40 that a sheik owns, and he drives it five miles a year. Right? But, I mean, this... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Using it. That's what I'm saying. This guy was getting it on the turnpike with us. Like, nice, nice. I don't, you know, that's sick. Yeah. Um, or, or like, uh, for me, for example, one of the last days of something called, you know, during the New Year's sort of celebration in Japan, there's like a, a week-long sort oh. of no one's working, right? Oh, my God. Uh, and I was working at the Japanese body shop at the time, so I had the day off, and it was the last day everybody had off. I decided to take the GTR up to Hakone, and... Uh, at the top of the top of the road, uh, where there's like an um, uh, observation deck and some restaurants, whatever, there was a group of Caterham Seven uh, <laughs> yes! drivers, cars and drivers. Oh my there, god! Like on us, like uh, just getting after it all day. Yeah, you might you might need to Google that one as well. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, what the, what did, would you just Caterham? say Caterham? Okay. Ryan, it's, it's, it's spelled Caterham. Uh, yeah, C-A-T-E-R-H-A-M-7. Yep, yep. Okay, well, what is that? Is it a type of car? It's a kid oh, car. It's, thing. it's a kid yeah. It's like those little buggy cars. It's, a, it's like, like a little car kid thing. car, buggy car. It's like a slingshot. It's like a yeah, slingshot. It's British made. Yeah. It's British, British made. and sporty hand, instead of American. Handmade. It's very sporty. It doesn't... Oh, yeah, Richard Hammond has one of these, doesn't he? Probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's got a sick trick that one. I'm pretty sure Hammond does. Oh, no, I think so. Like a lot of a lot of these Japanese dudes had tricked out Caterham Sevens. Like they were it's all insane. And just ripping through handling. the mountain passes. And there's hip, hip ripping up through dude, the mountain passes. Dude, that is so there's, sick. There's so with many with a uh, Mount Fuji in the background. Dude, Ryan, me and Lenny went cruising and ha- sat and had coffee one afternoon with a guy with a Koenigsegg, million dollar oh, hypercar. Koenigsegg. Yeah, yeah with a, in a counting segment. We sat in his wow. car. Uh, there, we saw a McLaren P1 hitting these roads uh, like three that months before same the day. P1. Yeah, but it was three months before the P1 was even released so that even anyone wow. could buy it. I don't know how the hell this guy got it, but it was a pre-release like prototype. And this guy just got the P1 up on the freaking... And it was Midnight Purple. It was also... It was Midnight Purple. Um, well, I think what's I the color code for that, Lenny? <laughs> the color code lenny i don't i don't know what the mclaren color <laughs> the, that spec is i'll have to i'll have to call my dude at mso I'm, this is what i'm understanding though this, this is what i'm hearing is that for whatever maybe it's because it's close to tokyo and it's just you can just get out of the city and boom you're in amazing roads versus in other countries uh america you've only got i mean you got to basically go either to the middle of the country to get the good stuff in the rockies you got to come in a little bit off the the New York City, DC, the whole cluster there to come to the Appalachians. Yep. Even in California, you got to come off a bit, a little bit through LA to get into the lower Sierra Nevadas or go up north in San Francisco. So is it just easier to get access to Tokyo and those particular passes? Well, then I mean, what no, draws well, guys there? I think. Well, I don't. I don't know. If if you don't mind me interjecting here, go ahead. John. Go ahead. Go ahead. I w- I've I've been around the San Francisco area a little bit since I you know I'm, I live in the Sa- uh, Sacramento area. Uh, right. Me and my wife have traveled down there f- you know for day trips and whatnot, and we've gone up through what is the Pacific 
Pacific Coast Highway up just north of San Francisco a little bit. Uh, and I mean, like, all of that is pretty windy one, uh, and the elevation change is pretty good, and like, the the mountains are right there, like Mendocino National Forest is right there, and there's a bunch of roads. I've I've already kind of looked into it. Um, so I think at least over here on the NorCal side, San Francisco North, I'm sure the coastal roads are pretty good. Just to well, put I, that in there. I think there's a, uh, I don't know, a sociological factor that we're not hitting on that makes Toge what it is. And that cool. is because we have like Tale of the Dragon, right? Like Skyline Drive, Pacific Coast Highway. Like those are all, in terms of just the road, equal caliber, absolutely. But here's the thing mm. about Japan, man. Tolls. Japan's toll structure is out of control. Like to take a normal trip, you're gonna spend twenty dollars in tro- in tolls to go like anywhere. wow. Depending on the way you go, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. So, but but if you take any sort of like highway system, but well yeah, yeah but no 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 here's the thing here's the thing all uh, most of these epic toge passes are like the hokone turnpike is a toll road so that road itself you have to pay a toll to get on and then once you get wow. off you can't come back on unless you pay the toll again which sounds terrible and it's like 13 11 bucks or something like yeah, that so it's yeah. not something small like going over the gwb in new york right right which You're i think now for is, your own roller coaster is, ride is, is probably now it's probably ten dollars to go over the george washington bridge right. in new york so it's but probably he, the same yeah but here's the other thing here's the other thing traffic enforcement in japan compared to the states is a joke there's true no traffic enforcement straight facts yeah like none no dial tone um, Everything is speed camera. There's almost never a cop on the street flagging you. And then when you bring it into tolls, a lot of times on these on these toll roads like the Hakone Turnpike, there's not a lot of reason to go on the Hakone Turnpike unless you want to. And so there uh, just there just aren't cops on the Hakone Turnpike. At all. The secret tourist attraction, basically, at that point. They know that people are going to do this to a degree. Yeah. They just say, whatever. Yeah, as Lenny. long as they're not too stupid. So there's like a, a window of tolerance. Sure, sure, sure. Lenny, I don't know but about like, you, but I, I think every, I've never, ever seen a single cop on the Hakone Turnpike any of the times oh, we ever went. I don't think any of the times that we've went, but I've definitely heard of times where there have been plenty of cops on Hakone. Oh, like a sting like, or something? But, but like, week, like on certain weeks of, you know, general crackdown or months of crackdown, you know, they have the, those safety months, I think is in May and again in October or some, something like that, that, you know, there's just like a, a general uptick in police presence and, you know, they go to Hakone just to make it look like they're doing their jobs. Yeah, but even then in in classic Japanese fashion, they're going to they advertise it a month in advance. Uh, please be safety driver. Oh, yeah. Be safety <laughs> driver this month because we're going to ticket you this month and it's okay, we'll be safety driver and 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 they right. actually they actually say that. Um and uh and then so everybody's <laughs> is they behave and then they stop and then it's game on again. Right. It's appeasement. It's a lot of tolerance in that yeah. sort of respect. I'll, I'll give you an idea, Ryan. Um, the Japanese okay. have 
have speeding cameras, right? And the speeding cameras used to snap your picture when you when you broke the speed limit and they'd take a picture of you and then they'd mail you the okay. picture the picture of you in your car. Well what happened was there was a Japanese politician that was in his car with his mistress and got Oh no, no way. Yeah, yeah, Seriously? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they mailed him a picture of himself oh, with his man. mistress that caused a huge stink and he was so pissed yep. off they don't mail you a picture of yourself anymore. That's hilarious, man. So they like, never refilled the film in the cameras anymore either. Yeah, so they're still on um, old school film. There's a lot of Japanese kind of like it's it's like this kind of yeah. old boy kind of gentleman's uh-huh. kind of thing. Like, oh, well, we made this Gentleman's guy's agreement. life. Yeah, we made this guy's <laughs> life. Very. We made his life really difficult, and that uh, we shouldn't have done that. So we're still going to enforce. We're still going to do speeding cameras. We're just not going to send the picture anymore because this guy got caught with his side piece. We're going to bow a whole bunch. All right, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the culture uh, of Toge. I think that's more in, in, important, I think, than the history itself. It's really the Japan infrastructure when it comes to their highway systems and their roads versus how other countries necessarily do it um, and how accessible it is to these big cities. Because again, the Italian apps are right there and those are renowned for amazing driving as well, but they're not easy to access compared to just, it's just right there. And it's hours everywhere. and hours of driving to get to the right. app roads, right? I, I mean, trust me, I, I could drive seven hours to get to Colorado, man. Is it worth it? Probably not. I, I've got to be focused and drive hardcore. Yeah. <sighs> And I mean, really, if you're, are you really going to chance driving six hours to the Alps in your Ferrari or your Lamborghini? It's probably going to burn down in that time, right? <laughs> I mean, it is an Italian machine. What do you expect? <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> but let, let's get back to the, let's get back. So, so we're talking about then, if you guys are going to choose to go on these roads, which sound amazing, squigglies, lots of elevation change, don't necessarily have to worry about the police unless you, uh, thanks to a politician in Japan and his mistress, what cars are you guys choosing? I mean, clearly in the past, you guys have picked GTRs for a reason. Is that partially because of this? I mean, I guess it really depends. Are we going uphill or downhill? Right, because yeah. that's the other thing is that, like, me, it's whenever I've driven windy roads, <clears throat> uphill doesn't really interest me as much as downhill. I think that downhill's more fun, personally. That makes sense why you uh, chose those two Hondas, then, because those yeah, are great I, for downhill, I, uh, downhill cars. I actually prefer the uphill, but I also have a, you know, 500-wheel horsepower GTR. I also prefer the uphill, <laughs> and I also have a 550 horsepower GTR. So I mean, uh, okay, get out the measuring We play, board. we play to our strengths. So I think, to, <clears> and to, the the strength being, you know, that that power. I, I think to get to that Ryan's power. that Ryan's base question, um, it the type of road that you're driving, and this can apply to the track as well. Uh, it absolutely does. It it matters, right? So like to some of my experience with motorcycle road racing. Um, so I did a race in gateway St. Louis, right. And yeah, well, I'll just be there for a second, but at gateway, (laughs) so gateway, it's an oval and then it has a very tight infield and that infield has a lot of, there's a lot of weird kind of technical 
things you have to negotiate, like you're leaned over with your knee on the ground through a sweeping corner, and then the infield joins the oval, and it's not a smooth transition. It's like, you know, the oval's banked at like 45 degrees, and the infield's flat, and that transition is like, Ooh. you just hit, oh yeah, and and imagine... Ah, uh, that doesn't sound fun. Well, that, it doesn't <laughs> no, sound, it doesn't sound fun in a car. Now imagine you're, you know, going 90 miles per hour through that corner with your knee on the ground, leaned over on a bike. Yeah, it's, it sucks. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of really tight technical things at Gateway. And, you know, we had a couple guys that were AMA level riders that, you know, they're like super legit and they were actually faster around that track on 600s than they were a thousands. And yeah. And so I bring that up because it applies to cars too. Sometimes the power, there's just no opportunity for power to help you. And the fact that a, a vehicle is lighter, it transitions side to side easier. It's more well-balanced or something like that um, is actually a benefit more than having more power would be. Um, and actually, and in the, in the not having a fast car, but playing Sims and using the GTR and the Sim, I actually found that turning, like, I'm like, I'm just going to, at first I was like, fucking maximum horsepower. And then I was like, wait a second, I'm going to like these circuits that I can't even open up fully, man. It's better to tune my horsepower down and have a more controllable car because I'm hitting corners constantly. That's that's pretty much yeah. what you're saying, right? Exactly. So like, yes. like yeah, horsepower is cool. And, and maybe that's the American in me where it's just like, let's go muscle, Ooh, straight off the block, no turns. Sure, but like... <laughs> Especially looking at these type of Doge roads. I mean, you can look at any, Google any mountain pass near you, any type of circly type of squiggly road. You're, you can't go full outright, especially downhill because gravity always wins. Well, so and uh, me yeah. and me and Lenny talked about this before the episode at length. But there's a feeder road that goes to the Hakone Turnpike, and I thought it was Izu Skyline, and I'm completely messed up. It's the Hakone Skyline, but uh. The Hakone Skyline is also an awesome driving road, but it is very, very tight. In the GTR, I don't think I ever got out of second gear. And I would have much more fun on the Hakone Skyline in something like a Miata than a GTR, um, just because the Miata is so much lighter. And I mean, the transitions are like, you know, it's like a first gear corner and you chuck it in and then immediately you're coming back the other direction for another 180 hairpin. Um, Oh, yeah, and I think the reason that me and Lenny like the Hakone Turnpike so much is because the Hakone Turnpike is, in a GTR, it's all third, fourth gear, like... Fifth gear, if you're ballsy. Uh, yeah, okay. you get mid-corner, you're in the right gear, and you're just pedal to the floor, just like 100 miles Full per boost, hour. Full boost, and it's just taking you the all around, it's just slingshotting I believe that's called zero lift, isn't it? That is, yes. Yeah. Shameless plug. <laughs> Full credit. Shameless plug. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But in a so in, the- in something like the Kone Skyline, that little feeder road, a really small, really light car with no I, I mean you you're just you're not using any power whatsoever. So, you know, the ability to be able to like g- g- you know, in a, in a Skyline, you might give it 50% throttle in a corner and you're fishtailing sideways into a guardrail versus on a Miata, it's like, it doesn't matter. I just, just give it all the gas I want. Um, so it's, sure. 
yeah, it's less twitchy. It's you're not as much on the edge, and you can kind of relax and enjoy that car through these tighter corners easier than a high power. I kind of want to make want to make a callback, John. You'll you'll understand this reference. Um, I want to reference Mario Kart for a second. <laughs> Basically, John understands this reference. Before I actually started understanding cars and playing Sims, basically all cars to me were just a reference to Mario Kart. And what I I'm hearing you. is that I hate you. You love it. <laughs> it's Japanese related. Okay, we're in the same ballpark here. But like you know, your skylines, you, you essentially want more power on your uphills. So you want your mouth your waters. But on these tight, really tight ones, you're gonna want a Yoshi or a Toad. Is that accurate? I'm just trying to for those people that are listening to us for the sake of us making fun of each other, uh, trying to reference something we all understand video game wise, which is Mario Kart. Okay, yeah, I'm absolutely. I, I on the downhill on the downhill I would I you know if I had the choice of you know one car or another I wouldn't pick my GTR I would pick you know maybe an SW20 MR2 you know okay yeah and so so what what really makes the difference there is it so it, the road type really does and is there any like certain like modifications to these vehicles that you would make like it would make it easier on an uphill or downhill. Is there a car that is the best of both, or is it really are they different worlds, which kind of also really makes Toge unique? So I would say I'm going to say something about car setup, but then I think that would feed into our next point about drivers. But first and foremost, sure. the in in all motorsports, the driver is 90% of the equation, 100%. Like it, like. When, when you see these guys online talking about, like, oh, I'm going to spend X amount of money on my car for this mod and that mod, you know what would make your car a lot faster than all those mods? Seat time. Um, so spend money on seat time if you want to get faster. But with that said, if we're talking purely car, first thing I would probably look into would be sway bars or anti-row bars if you're Nani. Say what? Oh, Lenny got excited for a second. I thought I thought we were going to be on the same page on this one, and we're not. You don't, you don't think? Man. I think I think bang for the buck and appreciable. Tires. Uh, well, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Tires, hundred <laughs> percent. Tires. Nope. 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 No, with the tires gone. Nope. 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 I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. Lenny's hundred percent right. No, forget okay. everything I just said. The first thing you should buy for your car <laughs> is tires. 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 I'm sorry. I repent. I'm going to hell. <laughs> tires of the Y. Start bowing just like that politician did. Yeah, ten go, Hail Marys. Yeah. Ten Our Fathers. Yeah. Uh, sum, <laughs> sumi I Tires. Absolutely. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, tires for me are like assumed because it's just like, no, I have tires first. So I don't even consider that's not a mod, in my opinion. They, right. They but I mean, if, if, if you're going to if if you're going to take a car off the dealer lot and then go try to drive it, you know, spiritedly, uh, you know, you're around gonna a bad pass, time. you're going to want some tires. hundred percent. hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. I so after the assumption of tires, yeah. what is next on your list? I'm gonna go Lenny, sway bars. What, John goes sway bars. Lenny, what are you pulling? Probably brake pads. Okay. Valid. So you're really working from the ground up here. No, that's valid though. That's 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 super valid. So here's well, what I mean. You're, you're 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 you, 
when you're talking toge, it's tight, twisty turns. You know, uh, right. in, in rapid succession, bars too, though. Right, well, in rapid succession on the up or downhill at any given time, you're most the most two overworked things are are one of the most you know we'll say a top five top five of the most overworked things your car is going to be doing tires braking grip traction braking and that's they're all connected you know closely together and so kind of one of the things that you want to address in my opinion i do not disagree with lenny i just think that the brake sway bar thing for toge can be debated and if we were talking circuit driving, I would say Linny is 100% correct. Brake pads first. Um, the only Into reason the only reason I might consider sway bars before pads on a toge is because 90% of people on street roads are not going to be stressing their brake pads that much, assuming they have a semi-performance car, to need them that much. That's <laughs> if you go to the track, the first like after tires, the first thing you gotta do is pads. Period. Dot. Hundred percent. No argument. On a toge, for toge, this is bar. Well, it's it's there's just a difference between track driving and and road driving. Even if you're really getting after it, it it it's it's not quite the same. And uh, I'm makes a valid point here. It and now I will say this that that there were a couple times that me and Lenny went up there. And, and we knew the roads pretty well. And we were running... Like, I pulled up to the toll booth once. And I had, like, Carbotech. It was either XP6s or XP8s on my GTR. But I pulled up to the toll gate, and there was smoke coming from my brakes. And the lady thought my car was on fire. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah. So we were getting it. And you need pads at that point for sure. But... <laughs> um, okay, so, especially, so let me uh, understand here. I understand tires. I understand brake pads. Explain to me why a sway bar would be important for Toge. Lenny, you want me to take this? Go for it. All right, I'm going to get my I mean, soapbox. So far, so far, Lenny's got one and two nailed, so let's bring up number three. All right, get so, on my soapbox, John. So, to me. so here's Go. the thing. When everybody's talking about modifying their suspension, right, there's all these things that you can do to your suspension, like new shocks and coilovers and blah, 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 blah. The thing is, is that suspension setup is really complex and really in-depth and a lot of times guys that actually track their car that are amateurs will put on complex suspension mods and actually run slower times on the track because they haven't set up their damper settings and all of this crap that the average car enthusiast does not and probably should not give a damn about now sway bars take 30 minutes to install front and rear and they fundamentally change how your car responds with respect to oversteer, understeer, neutral balance, whatever. They make a very immediate, obvious, and tangible difference to how the car feels in corners. So if Did you, you just ha- say you could install sway bars in 30 minutes? I'm no BS. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. And and you know, a set of sway bars for a car, what, five hundred bucks? And that's if you're not trying to find them cheap online. Like if you right. just buy them new, it's like five hundred bucks for a front and rear set, maybe a thousand at worst. Are they unique per car? Like yes. Can I put the yes. same sway bars? No. Okay, so the sway bars from my Honda Odyssey are going to be different than your GTRs. Yeah, because they're yeah, based they're, on the chassis, right? 
chassis. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to get to the body. I'm not going to get into the super nerdy stuff about what they do to chassis dynamics, but they're basically bars that link the left and right side of each end of the car, and make it stiffer. Well, no, stiffer or lighter, depending on what you want. And usually, okay. usually, a production car has a sway bar combination that makes the car have a tendency to understeer. And the most obvious thing to do is just put on a stiffer rear sway bar and boom, your understeering car is now neutral or slightly oversteering. Boom, done. 500 bucks, 30 minutes, bam. Now your car has a neutral balance. And that is bang for the buck. If you're a weekend enthusiast and you still have payments on your car, get some tires, get some brake pads, put some sway bars on that baby and go ball out and don't worry about all this other crap because car modification is a black hole that will ruin your life. And I can tell you from experience. (laughs) Those three three things get six months of seat time, then do some other stuff to the car. Seriously. So John, are you, John, stay in your soapbox. You're still shorter than me, but stay in your soapbox for a second here. Let's, let's, Let's transition here. So we've talked about, okay, I'm going to take the car I just bought. I want to go hit up some toge. I have, per Lenny's recommendation, got myself tires, and I've got myself some brake pads. And you said, look, man, I'm going to I'm gonna install these sway bars for you in 30 minutes. I, and I'll even do it. Yeah. I, I, will, I will pay to see this done in 30 minutes, John. If you get it done in under 30 minutes, I'll buy you a beer. Over 30, you buy me a beer. All right, So fair. those three things <laughs> – any type of car that you want to kind of choose because car selection we talked about it, it's you know you guys are seeing Ferraris out there we're seeing Porsches we're seeing Audis we're seeing the Hondas we're seeing the Toyotas the Nissans the works whatever you want whatever makes you happy apply those three things but really John we're going to talk about math and as you guys both said already seat time practice let's talk about the driver equation versus what you actually have underneath you what you're driving versus what you actually know as a driver go Oh, golly. Well. Oh, wow. <laughs> that setup, though. Yeah, no, that, was, that uh, was a heck of a setup. And and I think given that setup and what we've talked about already, I think we should kind of blend our last two topics a little bit, which is listeners have no idea what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> don't have the paper in front of them. We do. So as I alluded to before, like road driving performance road driving and circuit are fundamentally different because in a circuit you go out and do some slow laps and you get an idea like i should be in this gear for this corner you know my brake marker is going to be here the apex is here and then you start to pick up the pace on road driving you either have never driven this road before or maybe you have but it's like a super long road and i don't have this all memorized so, you know, the, the police actually have a, a thing called road sense, like when they're doing high-speed chases, and it's, and it's a skill that they train to try to learn for, like, if I'm chasing a guy that's running away from me, and I don't, you know, I don't know these roads, but kind of sensing what the road's going to do. And that's really important. And, you know, I, I'd like to hear some of Lenny's thoughts on that. But in general, if I'm doing, like, a toge run versus a, track i'm never really going beyond 80 percent intentionally throughout right and what that allows is 
80, you know, my 80% might be a lot faster than a beginner's 80%. It's a good spirited pace. It's fun. It keeps me entertained, but I still have some in the tank. So when the rear end steps out or I misjudge a corner, I have some room to get on the brakes or I have some room to counter steer and go a little wide or I have some room to make an adjustment. Whereas when you're on the track and you know this corner, when you're in it, like that's the limit and there's no real room for error, relatively speaking. What do you think about that, Lemmy? I absolutely agree. Absolutely. There's nothing about what you just said is false. Uh, and uh, if I could just add on to that is uh, the road sense that that you could develop. I, I don't want to say specifically in Japan, because I feel that like any sort of road or any series of roads that you drive more than once at a spirited pace and when all you're doing is focusing on driving how the road is, how it's feeling in your hands. And it kind of speaks to what you, Ryan, uh, you know, wanted to, to talk about is what makes a good driver in a tow or what makes a good toge driver, we could say. Um, it's not really one or two things. It's more of like a combination of everything. Um, and circuit techniques could be applied. Circuit driver techniques could be applied. You know, hand position is everything. Driver, driver seating, you know, the mirrors, everything, you know, where you're essentially where your comfortable where, where comfort level is in the car driving is essential, but the kind of sixth sense that you have seeing ahead of the road or in Japan, there was mirrors on the corners on the Tokyo road on, you know, to, yeah, yeah. and they were very well positioned and you could see very clearly, you know, around the corner with a, just a glance and that gives you that sort of confidence and it's kind of a handicap now trying to drive it drive it in california spiritedly you know in a canyon because you, you don't have that um but without it i'm learning that that sort of road sense or road zen sort of knowing what speed is okay to take and like john said the buffer zone if something were to happen okay, I, I, I still know that I'm me, myself, and the car are capable of doing this because I'm not at the limit. You know, but, you know, I yeah. still have a shit-eating grin on my face. Excuse the language. So, <laughs> so, I mean, what you just said, too, about checking your mirrors, getting good seating position and hands on the wheel, I, I really just want to, first off, point out, as a guy who drives for a living, please, everybody, do that because just please. Oh, it's so important. <laughs> <laughs> nine and like, three seriously nine and attention. three uh nine and three nine and three is good I, I prefer the under especially for long distance driving that's not performance but driving. if you're gonna be exactly at least at least you know pay attention have your mirrors checked get yourself in a position that you're able to react to things going on the road but for me i mean that is interesting too and kind of goes back to the top with the culture thing of like mirrors on every corner what yeah. like that's yeah that's that's a huge difference comparative to like, any other road I've seen in the, in the world. With and twisty. I'm not talking like little mirrors either, like giant size of a torso mirror, torso yeah. sized. Beautiful. That's like Japanese mirrors. safety in, a, in a, right there. That that nails 
the Japanese culture for me personally. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's over really dangerous to, to drive these roads really fast. Yes. Uh, you Here's shouldn't safety. do that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, for your general for the general public safety, we've put mirrors the size of right. a human torso on every corner of these mountain pass roads Beautiful. that you could go eighty kilometers around. You know, and scare H. the shit out of all of your passengers. So, what's our, what's our miles per hour on N eighty there? Uh, was it like 50? eighty kilometers an hour? It's like fifty That's miles more like per hour. Fifty, yeah. Okay, but but I mean, you're you're going around a corner at fifty miles an hour on a road yeah. that's no wider, just a little bit wider than the car that you're in. Okay, okay. On the side of a mountain with oh, only yeah. a guardrail separating you between the cliff oh yeah trees. yeah we didn't mention that a lot of these roads are, the whole time yeah we didn't mention that a lot of these roads are single lane like 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 there's only room for one <laughs> yes. car like yeah bitch what yeah 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 we didn't even mention wow. that they're, they're two-way roads but they're only one car wide oh yeah that's wild so 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 just so we can't we can't be on the subject and not talk about yabitsu like uh, so yabitsu <laughs> at least to me would be something what i would refer to as my home course my home toge, this road, Yabitsu, it's for anybody that's listening that wants to Google this, it's uh, Y-A-B-I-T-S-U. Yeah, yep, that's Wait, it. hold on. Yabitsu. Yeah, you, you let, let, me, let me write this down real quick. Just so no, I might you got have, it. Y-A-B-I-T-S-U. Yeah, yeah Bitsu. Yep. Yeah. Yabitsu. It's a mountain pass road in Kanagawa. Uh, off of a main road called 246 route, uh, which is almost a direct shot to the army base, which I was stationed at uh, in Japan so many years ago. Um, and so I would go to this Toge road after work, like directly after work, me and a few of our friends, Nate, Ken, Dan, like everybody, yep. uh, all, all of my, mine and John's friend, we would go there after work. And we would just, that would be our spot. That's what we, what we would do up until, you know, from six or seven o'clock, eight o'clock when we got there, depending on the traffic, which was terrible because Japan is terrible traffic, um, especially in Kanagawa. But, we, and we would just do mountain up down all night, almost every weekend, weekend, weekday, didn't matter what time, was whenever. Mountain up down translates to toge in Japanese. Right? Toge. Yes. Well, to, to, the, hold on. Just just because the literal translation of toge is the pass. That's like the most literal. But Lenny's not wrong. Yeah. In in kanji, the the kanji translation is is literal mountain up down. Right, and as we talked about before, this would be a symbol you would tattoo on your body, and foreigners or people that actually speak the language will make fun of you. Yes. Uh, yeah. We we bomb we bomb. You know, we did that to like I know that to this day. If I were to go up on that mountain right now, I haven't driven it in a few years, but I would drive it like I know the back. It's I know the back of it like the back of my hand. Excuse me, I know it like the back of my well, hand. Hey, I don't. That, that's interesting to me. Is that you? Because you were talking about circuit and driving basically a hundred percent or a hundo, right? And pushing the limit of your vehicle and yourself. But you're like taking these turns over and over and over and over and over and over again. Never take it at a hundred percent. Never taken it at a hundred percent. But the circuit, you can though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, yeah, because the circuit, you have a buffer zone, right? You have a runoff area. Yeah. Well, the other or, thing, you know, is you know, deer, whatever, rabbit, what gravel, car, 
like like the, the, the random car, the random person, you know. Yeah, right, right. Gravel. I've I've been the victim to gravel. I lost my R thirty three that way. Jeez. To gravel on the to on the toge. Oh, Granted, man. I was going too fast, and I was being amateurish. I mean, there was other factors. <laughs> I'll be real with myself here. So, uh, so John, but, you know. you're saying gravel's bad, but I mean, like John, you, you were talking. You're gonna tell us about the maths here and how to be a better driver in this equation. I mean, yeah, you really wanted to hone in on that. So what? I are you still in your box? You're still no, I got you. Go I got you. There's look. I know we're talking about a lot of touchy feely stuff, but there is, if you're talking about road driving, there is one like tangible skill that you can really go practice that will actually make you a better driver, and that is the vanishing point. And so. That is, when you're looking through a corner, there will be a point where you can't see further through the corner. And at that point in your vision, the outer limit and the inner limit of the road, right, the, the two sidelines, in your vision will appear to come together. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yes, I know that. Okay. Yep. So you got the white line on each side of the road. And if you're looking through a corner, at some point, that line will, will meet. And when you're going through a corner, you can watch what that line does, what that point, that vanishing point, what it does. And as you're going through the corner, if that vanishing point comes closer to you, the road is getting tighter. And if it's going away, it's, it's opening up. And then you can also look at how the two lines react. So if the line, if the inner line appears to start to overtake the outer line that's also a sign the road's opening up whereas if the outer line appears to cut into and overtake the inner line that's a line that's a sign the road is getting tighter so i can drive a road yeah i can drive a road and using this vanishing point and seeing where if the vanishing point is moving outward or inward i can tell how tight that corner is going to be now that's not enough for me to hit it at 100 percent. but if we're at this 80 percent buffer that we're talking about that's plenty of warning for how fast I need to take that. And there have been many times when I'm on a, a road that I don't know and I'm getting after it and I'll get mid-corner and go, whoa, vanishing point's creeping way up on me. I need to downshift and, and save myself just by looking at that vanishing point. So you should always be looking out ahead, not at where your car is at, but where, where the yeah where you want to go and where the limits of the road are. And you can see how that vanishing point of the road is interacting and if it's coming towards you or moving away from you and i will break or apply throttle based on what the vanishing point is doing that's that's like mind-blowingly sick to me but also in my head i'm like john you used to fly helicopters so like to the normal mind like (laughs) whoa 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 whoa. used to I'm sorry. Young Pimpin didn't stop flying helicopters for the record. Right, right. Okay. So <laughs> this man, John here. I mean, I, I mean, I, I understood every every bit of that, and I very, <laughs> I very well said. I understood it. I think it was well said. But Lenny, do you apply this to your driving, or do you have a different approach? Because John's no, on another level over here with no, kilo I'm, skills. Well, no, the va- <laughs> well, I guess me and John have that in common that I'm, I'm also helicopter air crew. So, and the variance point is a very, you know. It's a technique that I know very well, and I apply as well cool. to my driving. So, very spot on. Say, in my in my head, listening to my soapbox, in my head, I'm just like, okay, yeah, but you, you've also told me how you've landed helicopters on on chips in sea going up and down, and I'm just like, wait, what? So like, <laughs> and I'm understanding what you're saying. At one point, 
Yeah. <laughs> sure. It is, pass. it is fun. So like, or one wheel, one wheels on top of mountains. Those are oh fun my too. God. Uh, it's like, it's like better than sex. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> like really technical LZ landings. No. I don't want this to turn into like a, how cool I am session, but like, no. LZ landings. Oh, yeah. LZ landings are, 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 that, that's like an orgasm. We need to stop. I'm at a, I'm at a half jump already. Yeah. Right. All right. So these guys are getting excited because I was trying to understand how uh, the, I'm trying to, again, I spend a lot of time in a vehicle every day. Right. So for me, I see a lot of road. I see a lot of normal civilian type of roads, your interstate, your highways. I take a lot of, I really take a lot of back highways uh, just to mix it up because I spend so much time on the road. Uh, unfortunately, in Nebraska, it is kind of fly here. We do have hills, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take this vanishing point technique, uh, and I'm gonna try to apply it to roads right. going forward. Yeah, you know, try just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go just pay attention like. to the to the sidelines of the uh, inner outer limit of the road, other than how it, how it you know goes through the turn. Yep. <clears throat> Excellent. Well, I, I think we've really touched quite well on Toge. It's amazing. I kind of want to go to Japan now and ride on these roads. Uh, it's COVID. We can't, unfortunately. Uh, it's speaking of which, Japan's F1 race uh, has gotten canceled uh, due to COVID. So <laughs> not even F1 drivers can go to uh, <laughs> Japan right now. If they can't, well, I guess none of us probably should. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is a bummer. But, I, but we do I'm have ready to stump up. you guys. I'm ready to stump you guys on this game, though. I was gonna say, Lenny. So, dude, okay. So, are we just gonna guess the R32 right out the gate with the? <laughs> the if you want to lose, killer code. code you have again, Lenny. Uh, All right. <laughs> so, look, I, because this is normally my session section, I'm gonna just real quick. You know, I've been putting these guys through hell the last few few weeks on our car guessing game. So today, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to step back. I'm going to let Lenny host it, and I'm going to try and guess the car, and I'm going to show these amateurs how you uh, how you guess obscure cars. So, Lenny, uh, if you would like to take it from there, what car you wish you were driving? All right. So, yeah, this is uh, what car I wish I was driving other than my R32. Uh, <laughs> for those who haven't listened before, uh, this is a game that the three of us play where the two of them have... 19 questions and one shot, one guess to guess what car I wish I was driving. Uh, I could only answer in a yes or no fashion. And uh, yeah, let's kick it off. What's the hint? Uh, the hint. This car has won multiple world, world champions. World? World championships. Multi- oh, that's very vague. Uh, okay, uh, let me let me specify then. Uh, it's won the most world championships first class. Perfect for its class. I'm gonna okay. ask one By more. Way, hold on, I'm gonna ask one more setup question, it, and if you don't want to answer it, you can. But are you going to expect us to guess the generation? Ah, uh, yes, indeed. No. Okay. All right. No generation world. Champion of his class, most victories. I'm going to help John blunder through this. He's going to nail it. Let's go. All right. Is this a European car? Yes. Yes, it is. Of course it is. Okay. Hey, uh, Lenny, is this car a Porsche? No. Interesting. Okay. All right. You can't, you can't, you can't jump ahead that far. 
Porsche has won, dude. Porsche has won so many of the championships, like twenty four hours of Le Mans and stuff. Though. All right, look. I think we need. Like if, if, valid. That was. If valid. I were to say yes to that, and it would be like the nine eleven, of course. Like I would have to no, ask but, you what generation. But, it was. but look, we should be asking. Okay. We should be asking nationality before you get to manufacture. Sorry, I'm all gaming. Right, I'm right. gaming. I just, it. I, I, Hey, right, game it up, go, John. No, go. hold on. I think I think when we do these games, we need to have at least one stupid kind of blow off question. Lenny, does this car have a ridiculous wing? <laughs> uh, he has to think about it. <laughs> no, no ridiculous wing. Okay, okay, I like it. I like it. Um, uh, is this car Italian? Yes. Ooh. There you go, John. Does that help you? That was clutch, bro. Um, How do we go manufacture then? Yes, but hold on. Okay. Lenny, is this car... Is this car a Ferrari or Lamborghini? That's yes or no. That's yes or no. I'm not asking you to specify. I'm asking you to say. Uh, I'm going to have to interrupt this there as, as a ref. And that's two questions in one. That's not two yeah. questions in one. That's not two questions in one. Because if it's either, you say yes. If it's not, you say no. Yeah, but we haven't done ors to this point, John. You're getting a little. It doesn't yeah, matter. That's a little, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to accept that. I'm that's gonna, BS. That is a, I'm not going to accept that. No way. Oh, that's such crap. All right, fine. I want to win this, but Lenny and I haven't done that up to this point. So unless we allow going forward, I would allow that because that's a yes or no question. I'm not going to allow that. All right, is it a Feza? Uh, is it a Feza? No. Not a Ferrari. Well, I mean, Ryan, it's I won a bunch of championships in this class. I, what the? F- well, it's what? probably not a Lambo because Lambos don't actually win. Lambo doesn't race. Lambo doesn't win anything. Race. Lambo's race a lot. But the beginning, the beginning eras of Lambo didn't race. So that was like the whole thing with the original. He he didn't like racing. Yeah, that was his thing. He put spank for Ferrari and Endo being a dick and built a better car than him. Uh, Lambo has run won multiple championships for his class. Lenny, is it the most though, Lenny? Lenny, 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 Lenny. (laughs) Was this car built before the year two thousand? Yes. Okay, I don't, I don't think the only Lamborghinis that were campaigned before the year two thousand were like straight privateer. Yeah. So. Is there any other Italian racing <laughs> companies? That oh, are, there's like, a ton. There's a ton. Um, yeah, but like the most of its class, is there like some sort of like? Uh, hold on, Lenny. No, hold on. I I might have an idea. Lenny, is this a Lancia? There it is. Yes. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Lancia's rally, and rally's won a bunch. Okay. 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 This is a Lancia. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah. Here we go. I, Lancias are amazing. Y'all, I love Lancia so talking much. About, talking about front wheel. Talking about front wheel, baby. Well, that's not always. Uh, yeah, but the one, the one, the one. You know which one I'm talking about. Lenny, was this car campaigned in WRC? Yes, it was. Oh my god. I'm getting chub right now. Yeah, call me. Calm down, buddy. <laughs> oh, he's just he's just speaking my language right now. It's like he picked it for me. <gasps> Did I, I though? 
Ryan, you got to see. Did I? Lancia? This is this is a a rallying Lancia. Do you yeah, gotta, do you, I don't so, want to dominate you. Do you got a question? No, but that's what I'm saying. Is it the front wheel drive one? Well, no. Hold on. If it was a rallying Lancia, it was probably a four wheel drive one. Except for there's. All right, hold on. I'm gonna go for an early kill shot. This is question nine. Uh, uh, Lenny, was this was this don't car? No, no, no. Was this car an upgraded version of an Econo shitbox? <laughs> what the fuck? What type of question is that? No. Oh, not the car I thought he picked. Okay. For for the record, Lenny, and this is not a question. This is a ground rules. A normal base model Lancia Delta is absolutely an Econo shitbox. Do we agree? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so so Ryan, what I just ruled out was that this is not a Lancia Delta Integrale, um, which is okay. one of my me and Lenny's favorite cars of all time, and I knew that. Um, so what's the Lancia that that, that beat Audi? The well, that, that was ah, I don't know if Lenny can legally that's pick that. drive. I don't know if Lenny can legally that's pick drive. that. I don't know if Lenny can legally Why? pick that because that wasn't a production car. Oh yeah, because they did the cheesy stuff where they drove from the lot to the lot. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the zero three seven is what you're thinking of. But it didn't, and it wouldn't win the most in its class because it only won that one year. So we have to go. <sighs> Hold on. Okay. Lenny, Lenny more before the eighties, right? Before class B. No, hold on. No, Group B was the 80s. Okay. Um, That's this would have been before Group B then. Well, no, he said it was before 2000. Group B's, yeah. But what about the 70s? Well, the... <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Lenny, <laughs> did this car have a Ferrari drivetrain? Late one. <laughs> wait, wait, what? You say a late one? No. Wait, wait, wait one. Oh, late one. I asked a question Lenny doesn't know the answer to. Oh. So, so Not Ryan. Off the top of my head. Hold on. Ryan. This for, is my concern when I host this, by the way. So, this Ryan. My concern. Here's what I'm thinking of. Okay, so probably like next to the F40, my favorite car of all time is the Lancia Stratos. And the Lancia Stratos. Okay. Had oh a, yeah, you yeah. Tell me about this car. The Stratos has yeah. a Ferrari Dino V6, and the, the, so Lancia yeah. had an agreement with Ferrari back in the day, and they use Ferrari engines. Um, so, anyway, the Lancia Stratos is one of the coolest cars ever. It is not the one of the Stratus best. Won a bunch. Well, the Stratos was it? It was also a widowmaker. It, it, it's it's not the best car of all time, but it is my favorite. Okay. To answer your question, yes. Oh, whatever. Oh, I think I know what it is. And that is question ten. Yep. All right. Does there any? Ryan, are this, you? Does this? I'm going to ask a dumb question. Does this car's name reference a type of the atmosphere layer? <laughs> I don't. Yes. <laughs> okay. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> Lenny, is this car rear-engined? Or sorry, mid-engine. Yes. Mid-engine. Yeah. Yeah. You got to stop. No, John, you, you told us you were going to just guess. You said, guys, you're asking too many questions. Well, well just, no, no, no. Just... I said you guys were pretending like you were stumped when you weren't. Uh, um, well, Lenny, Lenny, is this, car, is this car ridiculously sexy but actually kind of a complete piece of shit? 
Yes. That, that's a biased with, question. With, with with the follow up to, we've already uh, we've already uh, said that it's a Lancia, so that applies to oh, Lancia. Right, 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 right. Um, uh. <laughs> Lenny, was this car ergonomically designed to be driven oh, by man. people that weren't human and actually had like a weird? You know, like their legs were six inches to the right of Fine. the rest of their torso. <laughs> These questions are <laughs> What are you doing, man? Yes. Yes. Yeah, question fifteen. Uh, Did you... this car feature a Ferrari Dino V six? Yes. That, just, you know what it is, John. Do, okay. Do you have any other questions? That you just uh, hype yeah. out how much you love this car. Yeah. Do you have any uh, other questions? Um. 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 Yeah. Lenny, is Come this on. car prototypical of the 1970s wedge style of supercar? Very much. So yes, I would Ooh. agree. Yeah. So I helped with the 1970s before Group B. All right. Cool. I feel like I helped. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. You did great. You did great. You did great. Um. Um. Uh, All right, John. Did this car? car did this you. try and did this car try and kill everyone that ever tried to drive it? Uh, it yes, it oh, tried to kill every car driver that was pussy enough to n- n- <laughs> keep it at zero <laughs> lift. So every Italian driver, every Italian driver is what you're saying. The ones no. that didn't keep the zero lift. Actually, yeah, uh, keep it pinned. Hey, you know what? I just want to. I just want to take this out to the end because I like this so much. <laughs> you're gonna. You're right, going John. to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah, on. yeah. So that was 17. So I got two more questions and then a guess. Um, and then a guess. Um. Oh my God. Uh. Was. Uh. Frick! I can't remember who styled it. Was it Bertone or wow. or Pininfarina? It was one of the two. Come on. Um. John, you got two questions. You got to show us how much you love this car. I know. Uh, Was this car ultimately deemed non-competitive when four-wheel drive became a thing? Yes. It became obsolete. Yeah. Almost. All right. And then my last ridiculous stretching of this situation. Um, Does this car have super sweet uh, rear louvers over the rear window hatch? Yes. Yes, it does. Wow. All right. Oh, Very specific. And real, for, real lubers, whatever that means, folks. It's the black plastic things that cover the rear window that you see on like 70s and 80s cars. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Lenny, is this the car one of the greatest, coolest, but probably honestly terrible in terms of outright performance cars ever made, the Lancia Stratos? Ding, 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 ding. Winter, winter, chicken dinner. Uh, there you are, John. Oh, my God. I it love is that indeed the Lancia Stratos, which wow. won the 1974-75-76 championship titles uh, in the WRC. Also, following up that, uh, with very little support from the Fiat group, Lancia built two Group 5 turbocharged silhouette Stratos for closed uh, track endurance racing that it went up against or was supposed to go up against the uh, Porsche 935, but it didn't really have a lot of success. Just <sighs> to let you know. 
that little piece of info. Uh-huh. If I amazing. if I had extra garage space, because honestly, I could probably afford it. So there's a company called Lister Bell out of the UK that builds kit car Lancia Stratuses. And the was that kit- the the new modern ones? No, 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 no. It's like it's oh, it's. It's a Lancia Stratos, but they have an updated like it's it's current FIA spec space frame. They've fixed the ergonomics. The body is an exact replica, and the kit like they've developed things like AC and stuff their own in house. You just buy the kit, and it comes with everything: suspension, brakes, blah blah blah. And they spec it for a Toyota 2GR V6. I oh, wow! Oh my god, dude! I I would that is. Like, 100%, if you were like, hey, here's a free garage space and uh, you have some spare time, I would absolutely just buy a Lister Bell kit and build a Stratos. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Oh, my God. Basically, it removes a lot of the old issues, but you get the cool chassis. I was trying to find the chassis code real quick, which apparently is a Tempo 829, (laughs) I guess. They don't do it as cool in Italy as they do in Japan. Sounds sounds right. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. John nailed it with that car. Lenny, thanks for uh, running this. Wish you uh, wish you were driving. I don't. I don't think you wish you were driving it. I think John wishes he was driving that. Oh so. no, I absolutely wish I was driving a Lancia Stratos. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I would just... give a, a left a lot of things for that. Guys, out, your left foot. How yeah. else are you going to shift, man? Outright. Foot, uh, I could. I could right foot. Flat okay. foot shift. Flat all foot right. shift. Absolutely a thing. That's something we can cover later. You're Out- acrobatic with your feet, then. Outright performance isn't everything, dude. That car is, uh, and it's it's terrible. It's way too short. It's way too tail happy. I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so good. Yeah. All right. Agreed. Well, well I- that's been another episode of uh, Zero Left. Uh, John tried to do math. He did all right, but dang, did he nail that car and uh, probably got a little too excited. So, folks, make sure you clean your speakers after this episode. Uh, <laughs> why you keep it 80% on the toge because you don't want to die, but, uh, you know, just be sure to keep it pinned otherwise. Be smart about it. It's all relative. And uh, right. I learned about codes and uh, why I need to go to Japan and uh, go on the toge because it sounds amazing. It is. John, you got anything else? No, I've said enough. I've 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 gushed Perfect. all over the place. You can jump off your soapbox. Guarantee you're shorter than me. Lenny, what do you got? <laughs> Sayonara. Perfect. See you guys next week. Love you long time. <laughs>